Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They were followers of the way. And then they were called, uh, they were called the saints by Paul. In Acts chapter 11, verses 26, is where they first got the name of Christians. Christians are followers of Christ, followers of Jesus. And the most common term today that we use in the modern church is disciples, which means you're a learner and a pupil. Say, I'm a learner. And I'm a pupil. I'm a student. Believers, beloved children of God. In our text, John suggests another name for Christians. And this evening, I want to speak on being an overcomer. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it reads this. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this evening. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would just move in this service, Father. Father, for those who are watching this evening's service, Lord, on the live stream, Father, I pray that your anointing flow through that airwave. Lord, that decisions are made today, Father God, that we as believers, Lord, followers, children of God, Lord, would just awaken, Father God. Awaken in these days, Lord God, and that we stay focused, Lord God. I pray for any distractions, Lord God, that you would halt them, Father. And all assignments tonight of the enemy, Lord, are canceled in the name of Jesus. I pray this, Lord, in your son's name, giving you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Amen. 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 Overcomer. The definition of an overcomer is to get the better of an in-struggle, of in-struggle or a conflict. It's one who is a conqueror, a one who is defeat the enemy to prevail over opposition, a debility or to overcome temptations. So you and I have been called overcomers. No longer are we set back on the things that used to trip us up. We have, this, we have the ability now to stand in the presence of God. And that we would say, you know what? I, I no longer have to be tempted by that. Because I am an overcomer by the blood of Jesus. See, we must tell ourselves constantly, we have to constantly remind ourselves that we are no longer the lost, that we are no longer the last, and that we are no longer the least, because God has called us and separated us from the darkness and brought us into the marvelous light. And I, when I think of the scripture where David says that he took him out of the miry clay. Now, if you've ever been in any around miry clay it is like a sludge it is dark it's dirty it's ugly smelly and can you imagine picture God sticking his hands the Bible says in the miry clay and pulling you out 
pulling you out and cleaning you up, placing you on a solid foundation, giving you your right mind, a new heart, and God is turning things around in your life, and you could give God the glory for that. See, John's description of Christians as overcomers is confirmed in other places in the New Testament. Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. Turn there. See, one of the areas in our walk with God is that when we see difficult times that we face, they should no longer trip us up. They should no longer set us back and prevent us from moving forward. The whole idea for us as believers is to continue to move, to continue to move forward in the things of God. Listen, if you can't run, walk. And if you can't walk, crawl. But the most important thing is, is that you continue to move forward. You might not feel it. You might not feel God's presence in your life. You might not see prayers answered right now. But let me tell you this. God is listening and God is taking note of how your attitude is in the fire. Revelations 12, 11 says this. It says this about the saints of God. They overcome him. They overcame. Him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. See, Paul here in Romans 8.37, reads, it reads this, But in all things we are overwhelmingly conquered through Him who loved us. See, the only way that we are able to overcome the difficult times in our life is through Jesus. Jesus, man, I tell you, listen, listen, if you have a, 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 a area in your life, if you're dealing with anxieties, if you're dealing with worrying, if you're dealing with these issues, tonight is the night that you get victory. Tonight is the night where you say, God, I no longer want to carry this. I no longer want to be that person. I no longer want to be tripped up by the same trial over and over again. God is telling you, pick up and move on. Let's take care of this tonight. See, Paul urged the church in 1 Corinthians 15, 57. It says this, to give thanksgiving to God who gives us the victory. Say victory. victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, God's children are to be overcomers. We are to experience the victory in our Christian lives. See, the million dollar question here is, is what will it take to be an overcomer? What does it take to experience that victory that he speaks about? I want you to notice two things, how John answers that question in our text. The first thing is an overcomer acknowledges the problem. Oftentimes, we don't want to speak about the problem. How many here have problems? Amen. Five of us. Thank God for the five of us. Amen. We don't like to talk about it. We don't like to talk about our anger issue until it happens, right? Oops. Oops. Where did that come from? Well, I didn't know I still had that. I didn't know I could, you know, every opportunity that you have where you can move forward, the devil will always oppose you. He will always oppose you. Look, if you're struggling with, with patience, guess what? You're going to come into a situation where your patience is going to be tested. Nobody likes to wait. 
Nobody likes to, to, to be last in line. Nobody, every, every, you know, Disneyland, man, when there was a time when, man, when, if you're old enough, you remember the tickets? You remember the e-ticket? Yeah, we got some, some uh, baby boomers here. Amen. You, you fast track a generation here where you don't want to wait. You just scan yourself and you move up to the front of the line. Amen. There was a time where we had to wait. There was a time when we didn't have microwaves. There was a time when you didn't have a cell phone. You didn't have all these uh, uh, things that we have now. And now everything is so fast. I told my daughter this. She said, Dad, the phone companies purposely slow your phones down so you can upgrade. I said, I don't want to upgrade because I'm as slow as it is right now. I can keep up with it. I don't need to go faster than I am right now. So an overcomer acknowledges the problem. The word overcomer implies that something stands in your way. We all have something that stands in our way of advancing. It could be anything. What trips up one person might not be a problem for another person. But it's an obstacle. It stands in your way of advancing. That we are confronted by an obstacle that we have problems which we have to overcome. An overcomer is not someone who breezes through life without any opposition or obstacles. You ever meet those perfect Christians who have no trials? And they're always happy. And you wonder, are they that happy? Let me scratch the surface and see if they really are. <laughs> but these are individuals who have come to the point in their life and their walk with God where they can say, you know what? I'm not going to let that bother me. I'm not going to let that, that person that works by me, you know, get me upset. I'm not going to let them get into my head, get into my thought process and, and trip me up and, 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 and bring out the worst of you. How many have ever encountered people who bring out the worst in you? And we will always face that. I call those people sandpaper because those are the individuals who are going to rub you and remove the rough edges from you. Always a test. Always an opportunity for God to get the glory. Always an opportunity for God to work in your life and teach you something. We've all have those moments where we say, you know what, God, I want to learn more. I want to go deeper. I want to have more of you, God. The enemy says you do, do you? And he will be right there to oppose you. An overcomer is one who realizes each day will present another problem. Now look at I don't go looking for the devil. But I don't run from him. I don't run from him. I don't, I don't go purposely seek out to, to have an argument over scriptures with other religions. And I don't do that. I don't waste my time on that. Time is precious in the time that God has given me. I don't waste it on, on countless stuff, stuff that does not matter. But I do understand that every day there, there's an opportunity for me to learn. Every day is an opportunity for me to be better than I was yesterday. Better than I was last week. Because I always have those moments, man, where I say, you know what, God, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, uh, you know, get short in line. I don't want to get short when somebody cuts me off. And I just, you know what, I just have to grab the wheel and say, oh, Jesus, help me. 
Turn the worship music on a little louder and just say, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. Talk to yourself. People think you're crazy. Go ahead. They thought you were crazy before you came to Jesus. It doesn't matter. So you, an overcomer, acknowledges the problem. You see what is taking place in your life and you address it. We don't sweep it under the carpet. We don't put it in the closet. Amen. You remember when you were a kid and your mom said, when I get back, I want that room clean. Don't let me come back and find this room the same way I left it. And you, she was gone for five, six hours. And you see that car pulling up and you take everything and you throw it in the closet. That's what happens. See, we'll invite somebody into our room, but we dare not invite them into our closet. That's where we hide everything. That's where we put the things that we don't want anybody else to see. I was good at that. It either went under the bed or in the closet. But it always got found out. And with Christians, what happens is that when God reveals things in our life that we need to address, we can no longer put it in the closet. We can no longer tuck it under away and say, you know what, I'll address this at another time. God's still working with me. When God reveals it to you, that's the opportunity for you to say, you know what, God, you brought this to light, and I want you to help me with that. There's no, there's no weakness in asking for help. How many know that real men and women serve God? I wrote this down. I says, when life issues in our life were brought on by others, but we mustn't own them. See, sometimes some of the things that we act out are because of other people's things that were brought onto us. And what happens oftentimes is that they don't know what they did to us to get us like this. They don't know that they hurt you. But we hold on to it. And we stew in it. And then we own the problem. They forgot already. They've already forgotten why. And you haven't talked to them and you haven't forgiven them and you hold on to that and you hold on to it and it stews inside of you. And God tells you, look, deal with it. Look, forgive them and move on. Forgiveness frees you up. It doesn't excuse what was done to you. It frees you up, though, and then you could live freely. You could come into the house of God and freely lift your hands and praise God without that monkey on your back. Where you could say, you know what, God, I, you know what, I have for, you have forgiven me and I will forgive them. That is the hardest thing to do. But we excuse that and we just say, you know what, God, take it from me. I don't want to feel this way no more. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. The Amplified Bible says this. Casting all your cares and all your anxieties and all your worries and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. See, the longer we hold on to it, the anxiety, the worry, it eats us away. Jesus says, give it to me. Cast it down at my feet. I will take that burden from you, and I will give you the peace. See, whether or not you are an overcomer has nothing to do with the circumstances around you. 
It has everything to do with the commitment inside of you. Your commitment to God. See, God is constantly looking to better us. For us to awaken from things. See, you're going to listen to messages over the year of staying the course. Message after message is an opportunity for you and I to say, you know what, God? Show me. I don't know about you, but one of the prayers that I have is, God, reveal to me today what I need to correct. Because I'm not perfect. By no way, you could ask my wife. She will tell you that she's all messed up until she came to Jesus and myself. We gave our hearts to Jesus, her first, and God changed her. And you know what? I seen that change. And you know what? I knew it was, it was about time that God was going to do a work in my life. And I ran and I ran, but God caught me. And when God got a hold of me, I said, you know what, God? I'm not going to run no more. I want to serve you, and I want to I do your will. And that's when you have that understanding where you say, you know what, God? It's all you. When I see God doing something in my life, something in my brother's life, my sister's life, I give God the glory because I see people here today who God is transforming, who God has transformed and given you a new heart. How you walked in is not how you're walking out. God is constantly doing the work over and over again that God is just doing the glorified work. One person said this. He says, if you want things to change around you, you must be willing to let Jesus change the things within you. See, we all want change. God, help her. Change my kids. Lord, touch my boss. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. But we should start our prayer off as, Lord God, show me what I need to change. You know what, if, if your spouse is acting a certain way, 99.9% of the time it's because of you. It's because of you. You bring that out of them. You, have, you, know, you, you, know how, you know how to touch a person. You know what annoys a person? You know and you push those buttons and you push it until you, you, you get out of them what you wanted to get out of them. And then why are you tripping up? Why are you getting all excited? Why are you doing this? Because you made me this way. You said this. If you wouldn't have said that, you, you know, we know what we do. We know. When I was a kid, boy, the, the, the one thing that I was great at is starting a fight. I could pick a fight like nobody could pick. That was my favorite thing to do is start a fight. But I had to make sure that I knew I had backup. So the thing is, is that we change the things inside of us that, that, you know what, affect other people's lives. So if you want things to change around you, we need to be willing to let Jesus change the things within us. See, we all have the circumstances. The key is what you do with those circumstances. We will constantly confront you, and every Christian has an obstacle to overcome. We all have obstacles to overcome. Every one of us daily. Every day, there's no perfect, perfect uh, walk. There's, God is constantly just revealing things to us. And as the day gets closer, we are going to have a harder time. It's not going to be rosy. If you, if you follow what taking place, there was such a battle against the Christian faith. The laws are changing. Opposition is coming from politicians through all these areas. 
And it's now the time for Christians to be counted. Christians to have a voice. They say, you know what? I don't want my child taught that. I don't want that to be taught in, in my children's presence. I don't feel it's healthy. These are things that we need to speak up. See, oftentimes we don't want to say something because we don't want to be labeled. We don't want to be labeled as a radical Christian, psycho. You know, we don't want those labels. And we don't deserve them because we stand for faith. We stand for the righteousness of God. We say, you know what, I'm a Christian and I'm proud of it. I'm a Christian and I'm going to speak my mind. Those are the areas in our life where as overcomers we say, you know, we're no longer going to be stepped on. We're no longer going to let the devil take territory. We're not going to let the devil come in to our family circle and ruin things and cause chaos. We're going to stand for God. See, the hardest thing for parents today is to be present in their children's life. To say, you know what, we're Christians. I know some Christians, I spoke with families where they say, our children are adults now. But you can still be a focal point. You could just say, you know what, in our house... We don't do those things. We don't drink. We don't do those things. We don't listen to that music. Set the standard in your house. You could do whatever you want at your house, but in our house, we serve God. In our house, we play worship music. In our house, we believe in the things of God. We're going to stand for the things of God. And that's where we need to make a stand, a greater stand, where we're going to just continue to live. See, it's easy to say what we want to do. Harder to do it harder so everyone has the opportunity to grow in the things of God see what are some of the problems that Christians have to overcome three times in the text John said that the Christians overcomes the world that right there is our problem the world because there's such a pull to compromise with the world now they make it so easy because we see Men that we listen to, bands that we listen to, leaders that we listen to in the, in the media, on the airwaves, and they say, it's okay, I do it. And then people start to follow and start to question, and it brings a confusion. Listen, there's no confusion in Christ. There's no confusion. See, methods are always changing. How they deliver things, how they sing, man, you have fire on the stage and all these things going on. But the principles should never change. The principles of the gospel. We believe in one God. Listen, all these other gods. I had a, a conversation with a gentleman. Well, what about this, this person? This person had 12 disciples. This person, you know, uh, he died, he was crucified. This person was this, this person. I said, look, I'll, I'll tell you this. Allah, he's still dead. Confucian dead. Buddha dead. Jesus rose on the third day, lives at the right hand of the Father. He's still saving lives. He's still transforming marriages. God is alive, and my God is alive. My God's not dead. He doesn't have a tomb. My God is changing lives today, yesterday, and forever. He will continue to do these things. See, the world is suffering and it's pain. The world is sensually and it's pleasure. The world in which stands in opposition to God. What does the world do? It tries to destroy yours and mine's Christian testimony. 
who you are in Christ and not who the world wants you to be. You make that stand. Your testimony, protect it, guard it. We don't compromise. See, the devil wants us to compromise, to be accepting. And we say, you know what? I'm going to make that stand. As hard as it is, you're going to lose family members. They're going to talk about you. They're going to not invite you to the parties. They're not going to do all these things. And you know what? You have your season. And you just say, you know what? That's okay. Don't let it. I remember I used to feel like, man, you know what? As large as, as, large as my family is, I didn't get invited here. I didn't get invited there. But God was shielding me for a time. And when I went back, I was able to maintain that testimony. I love my family. I have a very large family, many nephews and nieces. And my prayer is, God, that you are going to save them. It doesn't have to be in this fellowship, but God, you send messengers. God, that you reach them. Lord God, that your word says that so shall my household be saved. I believe in that. And I hold to that. And I say, you know what, God, I might not see it in my time, but God, you are faithful. And I know that you are going to reach them. I know that you're going to bring them to salvation. See, the enemy right now is working overtime to draw as many into hell as he can. As believers, we need to step forward and we need to be vocal and say, you know what? Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer to every problem in mankind. We have the solution. We have the words of life, the Bible says. The Bible says that we are able to trample on demons, that we can go into a place and we bring the presence of God and say, you God, you go before me. You go before me, God, and I know if I just speak your word, God, that if I lift up your name, that you will draw all men unto him and that God will do the work. Listen, sometimes you think that you have to have all the words and all the big, beautiful prayers. Sometimes you just speak the name of Jesus. Something about the name of Jesus that when you say Jesus, sometimes I don't have nothing to say, but I'll just continue to repeat Jesus Jesus, God, Jesus, you do the work. Jesus, you are beautiful. Jesus, you get glorified. And the presence of God starts to fill that place. I pray this when I walk into hospitals, when I see a person that's hurting. Sometimes I'll pray with an individual, then I'm walking to the elevator and I'll see somebody hurting. I'll go, can I pray with you? And I'll lead them to Jesus sometimes. Sometimes I just plant a seed. Sometimes I'm just watering a seed. And thank God those times when I get to harvest that seed. But you and I have the opportunity to bring a hope to a dying world. Each and every one of us sitting here tonight, those of you who are watching us, can think right now of two, three individuals that you wish and you pray, God, touch that individual. Reach them. Tell them how much you love them. Sometimes you just need to just extend yourself. Spend yourself, Paul said. Just, you know what, just pour yourself out. And when they see that, they see Jesus in you. You are the hands of Christ. You are the feet of Christ. You are the voice of Christ. Can I hear an amen? amen. A man approached a little league baseball game one afternoon. He asked the boy in the dugout what the score was. The boy replied, it's 10 to 0. We're behind. Wow, said the man. I bet you're discouraged. Why should I be discouraged, replied the little boy. We haven't even got to bat yet. I don't care what the devil has told you, that you lack, that you're the least. Whatever he has whispered into your ears and repeated over and over again, I want to tell you something. God's not through with you yet. 
God's not through with your marriage. God's not through with you. God has called you. God, you're going to be the father that God called you to be. You're going to be the mother that God has called you to be. God has someone for you. The devil tells you you're going to die an old maid. You tell that devil, shut up because God has someone for me. And I'm just waiting for that individual. I'm patient. I'm going to wait on God. God has someone for you. Don't go out into the world and try to find that mate. God has someone for you here or within the fellowship. Somebody that is going to love you, but he loves God more than he loves you. I told my daughter when she was a young teenager and she was patient. She loved God. She loved God. And she said, you know what, dad, I'm going to wait on God. And God blessed her with a good man of God, a solid man of God, three beautiful boys. And I pray, man, that you know what? God just going to do that work in their life. They have, a, they have a desire. They minister in song in their church. And God is using them. But she waited patiently on the Lord. I remember when I seen my son-in-law for the first time, I told my wife. And you know what? The Lord showed her the same thing days before, that, that he was going to be the man that my daughter married. And I looked at him and I said, oh, Lord, help us. He's a good man. He's a good man. And, I, and I, you know what? He's, a, he's a, a hard worker. He loves the Lord. He's always ministering to his children. And you know what? God has somebody for you. Be patient. Be patient. Don't go to, you know, with LonelyChristian.com and try to find somebody. God has somebody for you. God has somebody for you, young man. You don't need to go to the, to the, to the schools and all those. God has somebody here for you. God has somebody precious that loves God so much. And listen, if you think you're going to get somebody and bring them in and try to get them, say, I pray that God touches them and they dump you and serve God. Amen. The second thing, real quickly, is an overcomer affirms the promise. John said, and he, and he repeated it with emphasis, that the Christian can overcome the world, that the promises of, of God's word. See, you don't have to be defeated by the devil. You don't have to be disgraced by the sin. You don't have to be destroyed by the suffering because you are an overcomer. You affirm the promises of God. See, you need to speak the promises of God over into your life. See, when the devil tells you that, you know what, you're, you're in the, the end, you say, you know what, God? You say, I'm in the, in the front. You're going to bless me. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be blessed going in and coming out, God. And those that bless me, God, that you will bless them. See, we need to be aff affirm the promises of God. Quickly, thirdly, an overcomer applies the principle. What is the principle that will enable us to realize the promises to be overcomers? John answers that question in our text. He says, this is the victory that has overcome the world is our faith. Your and mine faith. See, God has given us all an equal measure of faith. The Bible says in Hebrews. An equal measure. Mine is not greater than yours. Yours is not greater than the person next to you. But it's how you activate it. It's how you walk in it. If you don't have faith, all you have is wishful thinking. Crossing your fingers, your eyes, your, your feet, everything. Hoping. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You don't see it now, but God has put it in your heart. Hold on to that. Write it down. 
confirm it. Say, Lord, you have promised. See, I hold on to that. Sometimes I pray and I say, you know, Lord, I don't see it. And the devil likes to discourage me and say, you know what? That individual is not going to do it. That door is not going to open. That door is not going to open. It's shut. But I know that God, you're the God of the impossible. Your word says that if I pray, that if I believe that it will come to pass, I might not see it. And sometimes God shows me, look, it's not your season for that. And see, I tell this to people. God always has an answer. No is an answer. We don't like it. It's not pleasant because we want it and we want it now. But God says, no, not right now. Not right now. Faith. We have faith a lot of times in things that we don't. See, when I asked you to take a seat, you had faith that that seat was going to hold you up. You have faith that when you see the doctor and he writes you a prescription, that that is going to work. You have faith when you go to the pharmacist that he's going to give you the right prescription. We have faith in things that we really don't. We just believe it. We trust it. And see, sometimes the enemy will tell you, look, everybody's getting blessed around you. God forgot about you. He didn't forget about you. He's just waiting for you to be patient so he can bless you. God is, God is always noticing, taking note. Bible says he stores up your tears. He hears your prayers. He sees the heartache. He sees the anxiety. He sees the worrying. And that's our opportunity to say, you know what, God, I don't like this. I never want to step into an environment that I feel uncertain, that I feel tension, that I feel that. And sometimes I just have to walk away and say, God, settle me. Settle me. God, what is it that you're doing here? God will always reveal it. Sometimes God is showing, speaking to me, and I feel it in my heart, and then my wife will get a revelation. She'll give it to me, and I know it's God. The partnership there, where there's times where I say, you know what, this, I'm thinking about this, praying about this, and somebody comes by and said, hey, this person, or if I'm thinking about somebody, and that's an opportunity for me to pray for that individual. See, throughout these last couple years, we know this, a lot of us have gone through things. We've had loss. We lost jobs. We lost things material things, but God has always been there faithful with us, and we overcome these things, but the key is, is to learn to give things to God. See, our faith makes us available to the presence of God. See, I love being in the presence of God. David, Moses said, look, God in Exodus 33 says, look, I don't want to go if you're not going to go before me. I don't want to do anything if your presence isn't in my life. See, I believe that this season that we're in, 2022, is going very quickly. Very quickly. We have a conference in a couple months, and then one, three months after that. I think it's an opportunity for us to grow, an opportunity for us to step out in faith, 
And the things that God has been speaking to your heart to let go of, forgive that individual. Step out in faith. Look it. I'm going to bless you, he says. But I want you to give this to me. The victory is ours. Receive it. Declare it. Claim it. Walk in it. Pick up your sword. Pick up your shield. Put that belt on. Put on your helmet. Gird up your loins. Get ready because God is ready to do that breakthrough in your life. God is ready to speak to you. God is ready to take things off of you. Please stand with me this evening. One person said this. He said, turn your failures into lessons. Your obstacles into opportunities. Your tragedies into triumphs. And in no time, you will turn your dreams into reality. See, ain't none of us here are 100%. We're all going to have those moments where we feel like inadequate, short, not in size, but... but missing the mark, I meant. Those are just your feelings. The faith that you have, the faith that God gave you, the faith when you ask God into your heart, that faith, walk in it. And sometimes we just need to remind ourselves where God has taken us from. You're not where you were. You're not where you want to be. But you're getting in that direction. That's it. Listen, tonight, if you're here tonight, I don't know if you're hearing you for the first time or you're watching us on live stream and you don't know Jesus.